What the Health with Gabby Allen on FUBAR Radio. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm Gabby Allen. You you may previously know me off the TV, but now for dedicating my whole life to fitness. And of course, for hosting this amazing show, What the Health. On the show this week, we're going to be talking, well, every week, we talk about all things health and fitness. And we're very lucky to have a lineup of fabulous guests from week to week. Each week, we'll take the time to dissect and debunk some of the latest fitness trends, separate facts from fiction, and of course, give you advice for your fitness goals because we're here to support you too coming up later on today's show we're going to be joined by content creator and fitness coach naturally stephanie and then nutritionist jenna hope but first of all in this segment we're here to discuss and debunk some of the never-ending health and fitness trends there's loads of them and joining me today we have the wonderful kate holden hey kate how are you today so Kate is a consultant trichologist, is that right in saying that? Yeah. <laughs> um, and owner of the Kate Holding Clinic. Welcome, my love. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining us. So we're going to go straight in. What is the biggest hair misconceptions you come across? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, rosemary oil obviously comes to mind, doesn't it? It's it's all over TikTok. It's been here for at least a year and it just doesn't seem like it's going away. And, oh, I, I use ros- rosemary oil. What is, <laughs> what's wrong with it? Tell me about it. What is, so if it's everywhere at the moment, does it actually make your hair grow quicker or is it just a marketing tool? So it's, it's a bit of both. So rosemary oil, it all comes from this one study that was done about 10 years ago on men with male pattern hair loss and they compared it with a treatment that we have that we use really commonly called minoxidil and they found that the group with rosemary oil and the group with minoxidil performed similarly so there is a potential benefit with rosemary oil but there were loads of problems with the study it was only done on a small group of men It was applied twice a day for six months, which most of us don't do. No. (laughs) And also there was no control group and it hasn't been repeated. So it's one of those things where there might be a a small benefit, but a lot of the, the claims that people talk about and these sort of before and afters, they do tend to be exaggerated. So from a, a trichologist perspective, it's one of those things where, you know, if you want to give it a go, you certainly can, as long as you're aware that it's not a miracle cure. Okay. First of all, for anyone that doesn't know, can you just be clear what a trichologist is? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah. So um, trichology, it's been around for a long, long time, but we're only kind of getting to be a little bit more well-known now. So the the easiest way to explain what a trichologist is, is we're a cross between a dermatologist and a hairdresser. So we have the training and the ability to diagnose, recognize and help with hair loss and scalp concerns. And we know about the cosmetic things that affect the hair and scalp. And we're here really, you know, we're specialists in hair and scalp health and we help people with all sorts of things from genetic hair loss, health and stress related hair loss, scalp concerns like dermatitis, dandruff, psoriasis. Mm -hmm. But we know when to refer on to a dermatologist or a GP for medical treatment 
or if somebody needs more cosmetic help, then we'll refer to a hairdresser. So we kind of sit in Okay, yeah, yeah. So you can kind of push people in the right direction in order what you think is the best approach for them. Exactly. Okay, so back onto hair oils then. Do any actually work? And if so, how should they be applied? So hair oils, most of the benefit is from conditioning the hair and Mm -hmm. making it look thicker because when you apply an oil it will make your hair look thicker there are some oils that might help with scalp health so coconut oil is a classic one and we do use this in dry scalp and psoriasis that there does seem to be some benefit with coconut oil but there are some risks with using oils as well so particularly with things like rosemary oil or other essential oils lots of people don't know that they need to dilute them you need to dilute it in what's called a carrier oil so often it's jojoba oil okay because if you don't dilute them and you apply it straight onto your skin it can cause a you know an irritant reaction it can make your scalp really itchy and and you can actually develop an allergy to it So that's really important for people to know. Um, And also, you know, lots of people are generally sensitive to oils. um, And like I say, there are are some oils that can have a a real negative impact. So for example, olive oil, we know that that can disrupt the skin barrier. So it's not recommended to use olive oil. Um, And some oils are really thick and they can be really difficult to remove from your hair as well. I was going to say, because oil to me, I always just think gloopy. So is, yeah. it could probably just clogs up the pores, right? Yeah, it can do. And it, you really have to adjust your hair routine, your hair and scalp routine, if you want to use an oil. Okay. Most of the, most of the recommendations is to just apply it on the mid lengths and ends and instead sort of stick to shampoos and, and exfoliating treatments for your scalp rather than using an oil. I'm so glad I've met you today because I've been doing it all wrong. I've learned so much today, guys. I've been doing everything wrong. Okay, so speaking of how you can help from the inside out, a lot of people take collagen and biotin and other hair supplements. What do you make of those and do they actually work? This is a great question. It's one that I hear all the time. And the answer is, if you are deficient in something, then taking a supplement to correct that deficiency might help your hair or Mm -hmm. your scalp. But the problem with biotin, for example, is that it's really rare for us to be deficient in biotin. But on the other hand, it's not something that we test for. So lots of people don't know whether they're deficient in biotin. With biotin in particular, it's a safe, it's a B vitamin. So it's water soluble, which Mm -hmm. means that you can take quite high doses and you can, you basically pee out any excess that your body doesn't need. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's why it's often recommended because it's something that's fairly safe to take. Um, But on the other hand, with biotin, what I would like people to be aware of is that it can interfere with blood test results. So if you do have a hair concern that you feel like you've lost hair density, you're taking biotin and then you go to your GP or a trichologist or a dermatologist and we recommend a blood test. If you're taking biotin, it might give an inaccurate result on your blood test, so you do need to be aware of that. Oh, that's um, so interesting. Collagen, there's, there's some evidence for skin elasticity. Mm. For hair, it's not so clear, but again, it's very unlikely to be harmful. The general hair growth gummies, hair growth supplements, hair growth vitamins, really they're not gonna, they're they're no replacement for a good diet. If you've got a good diet, 
your body will be able to support hair growth and having a poor diet and taking a hair growth vitamin is probably not going to do very much. You know, I've actually got my notes here. Since I improved my diet, since I became a, a fitness trainer and even more so in the last few years of really just learning more, I've noticed that my hair health is actually way better. Since I've like improved my protein, I, I'm really recognized if I'm taking in all my fruit and veg from week to week. And I really have noticed a difference in my hair. And I've got friends that ask me, you know, what would you recommend in order to improve my hair? You know, how it looks, the quality, how shiny it is, how fast it grows. And I'm like, well, your diet isn't great. And it's the same with everything, isn't it? Even from a fitness point of view and getting in the protein that we always talk about, a food first approach is the same for everything that you're trying to benefit from, whether it's your hair, your booty growth, your fat loss. It's so interesting that you've said that. But um, I was going to ask you, I I take Viviscal because I feel like maybe there are certain B vitamins or the zinc and stuff as a female. Do you think, would you recommend that? So Viviscal does have some studies behind it. They've funded the studies, uh, but it is a it's a very popular supplement. And again, it's it's not something that's you know it might help or it might not, and it's it's certainly not going to be harmful. If you are just taking it, any supplement, whether it's Viviscal or or anything mm. else, hair growth does take quite a long time. Mm. So it tends to be recommended that you'll use something for four months, see if you notice a difference. And if you do, great, continue it. If you don't notice any difference, then, you know, try something else. And I totally agree with you that diet really is, is the most important. Yeah, because... and also, sorry, yeah. um, no, also no. how how much did your hair actually bloody grow in four months' time? You know what I mean? Yeah, Speaking of which, yeah. do, would you recommend, you know, there's people, I, re I remember back in the day, my mum used to say, you need to get your hair cut every six weeks, trim it to make it grow. Is that true? Do you recommend people getting their hair trimmed to grow? or does it equate in healthier hair? What is it? Yeah, so this comes from that if you have breakage, if you have hair breakage, then the breakage can travel up the hair shaft. Mm. So you'll have probably seen sometimes that you've got kind of like a big split end and it sort of travels up your hair. Um, but it, it really depends on what on what your goals are for, for your hair. And, you know, as long as you're, and your hair type as well, and whether you're bleaching your hair regularly, using lots of heat, you know, that'll determine how frequently you need to cut your hair. So as a minimum, it's every six months at least. But if you want to prevent that breakage from traveling up the hair shaft, then certainly hairdressers do tend to recommend sort of every six to eight weeks. And then lastly, how do we get hair like yours? What are your top tips for healthy hair? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, diet is, diet is a key one because I think it, it's important for people to know that yes, your hair is dead once it grows, but it's alive in the scalp. Mm. It's, you know, it's nourished by blood flow. It's, you know, it is alive. So if you are looking after yourself in terms of your diet, managing your stress, sleeping well, spending time with family and friends, that is the fundamental, that's the foundation. And that is what a lot uh, you know, that's what I spend a lot of my time talking to my um, patients about in clinic. That's what trichologists kind of do is we're looking at sort of everything. Mm. But a lot of our advice is about health and trying to figure out, you know, what might be impacting your hair. I love that. Um, secondly, quality of life, yes. quality of hair. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. The other things to say are that 
there are some general tips that that work for everyone so you know like i say avoiding heat if you can um reducing the amount that you bleach your hair you know being gentle with your hair mm -hmm. but it's also important that you know that your hair and scalp will change not just throughout your life as you get older but depending on where you are in your menstrual cycle depending on your stress and your health depending on the weather outside yeah. so environmental you want to adapt and mm. shift your routine based on how your hair and scalp is feeling amazing well thank you so much i've learned so much already and i mean your hair is just so glistening and shiny i actually put my hair down for this so so i could like kind of compete with you yeah <laughs> no you look unreal so thank you so much for joining us today kate make sure that you check her out on tiktok and instagram it's kate holding clinic and it was been a pleasure talking to you today thank lots you, of love Gary. have a great day hon right, bye so now moving on to my exercise of the week, which might be new to you. It is the farmer's carry. Who's heard of the farmer's carry before? It's literally what it, what it says on the tin. Farmers have to have such strong arms to be able to carry those buckets of water, carry those buckets of food to all their animals, and it's literally that. And the beauty of this exercise is you can literally do it anywhere and everywhere. If you are on holiday, you can pick up some rocks. If you are at home, you can pick up some books some little suitcases whatever and the beauty of this exercise is that it is a full body workout so how you perform a farmer's carry you take almost like a deadlift hinge at the hips drop down pick up equal weights either side by the way whether they're dumbbells or your little suitcases or whatever it is and then you drive up and you get your posture straight so you draw your shoulders down the back you hold your weights by your side and then literally walk pace up and down right it is a core exercise it is a shoulder stability exercise it is a grip strength exercise i get asked within my community all the time i want to lift heavier but my hands my wrists my forearms aren't heavy enough to hold the weight you need to train those little forearm ex um, forearm muscles as much as you need to train the bigger muscles that you're using you know these need to be just as strong as they are so get your farmer's carries going also working on the core in these farmer carries so people always go on about the superficial superficial six packs crunches you know all those little movements farmer carries are going to improve that core which is behind your abs everyone's got abs by the way it all depends on your fat percentage so strengthening that core is a going to make you stronger in all of your compound movements it's going to be able to make you able to run further because it's all about holding you upright getting that you know that power from within and also it's going to bring in if you are looking for the superficial abs it is going to tighten up from the inside out so once you do get that fat percentage down everything is revealed but it all comes from within like everything beauty comes from within guys now after the break we have naturally stephanie who is amazing and she's vegan and has been for 10 years so i can't wait to talk to her make sure you come back after this short break foobar radio presents access all areas and we are joined now by our lovely guest james johnson celebrity hairdresser how are you james i'm good thanks for having me on what's mel b like then i oh, used the to best. be a spice boy. the best energy did you sing to her oh, no to... i can't sing i'm nor can i but i, still but I remember don't. the job got cancelled I went to wherever she was staying in London, it got cancelled. And whoever she was living with made us Victoria sponge cake. So the job got cancelled, we all sat around the table eating cake. I got in the car <laughs> and I was like, I've just sat with a sparse girl eating Victoria sponge. 
Oh, noshing a bit of Vicky Sponge. <laughs> Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf's fan club. We are joined in the studio now by professional comedian Brett Goldstein. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, Brett? Uh, I'm very grateful to be here with you two. If you could dig someone up and fuck them. Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly and Cary Grant, right? Not Kelly, there's not much <laughs> If I could dig up Gene Kelly, I'd say, could we do it, dose? I've got the shovel in my boot. <laughs> Got... In this scenario, is he still dead when you dig him up, or does he come out? Does he of... come to life? Is he a rotten corpse, or is he... That's my club. <laughs> Dating or going on dates when you were, like, a teenager was always quite fun, though. Do you know what I mean? I remember going on dates to, like, the cinema, or you'd go shopping, like, shopping centres, wouldn't you? I think, if anything, they were... Maybe maybe this just says about life and where it is, but I used to get really excited, like, more excited than I do now. Like, the thought of going to meet someone in a park, a boy, it was like, oh, my fucking God, what trainers am I going to wear? Are my trainers clean? Am I going to plait my hair? It was like... It, the thought that would go through my head just to meet one person, whereas now... You know, you might meet someone on the way home from work and it's like the, the effort, you're still making an effort, but it's like, yeah, I can fit you in. It is it's completely different. You're listening to Food Bar Radio. 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 Hello again, welcome back. This week, I'm joined by the beautiful Stephanie Moi, I hope I said that right, aka Naturally Stephanie, social media influencer and author. Hey love, how are you? Thanks for coming. I'm good, how are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, I did not expect you. Are you Scottish? Scottish. I'm Scottish, I know it throws everybody. As soon as they hear the voice, they're like, I was not expecting that. No, I wasn't. What a gorgeous accent. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We're going to start by getting to know each other very quickly with some quick fire questions, okay? Uh so, first of all, three words to describe your gorgeous self. Oh, three words. Okay. Um, energetic. Love it. I say energetic. Determined. Yeah. And I've thrown laid back because I feel like I've just got quite a laid back personality. Love them. Perfect. Would you work out preferably in the morning or evening? Not early morning, but not... Maybe like mid morning, eleven ish. Yes, we'll same, we'll same, same, same. After you've had yeah. your coffee and your porridge, and you know, exactly. Yeah, exactly. fair. What is your go-to cheat meal? Mmm. Pizza. Oh yeah, I had a pizza the oh, other day though, and it was soggy. I was fuming. Oh no, it's the worst, isn't it? When you've been looking forward to something and then it's crap, you're like, oh great. That do you know that happened with a Chinese a few weeks ago? And no, it's, it's, it's the worst thing ever when you like psych yourself up and you're like, yes, I'm getting a Chinese, and then it's just and then yeah, and then you're like, I may as well just add me bloody salad. Exactly. <laughs> what is your go-to workout anthem? Workout anthem? Yeah. Do you know what I'm listening to right now is Machine Gun Kelly. I mean, like just the whole album in general is just I don't know why it's just the vibe right now but then it changes one one week it'll be that and the next week then it'll be like country <laughs> yeah I think it just it just depends on the day yeah I mean fair some days I listen to like drum and bass and then other days I listen to Ariana Grande and I'm like yes thank yeah. you next thrusting yeah. away <laughs> love it and lastly who is your dream workout partner oh oh that's a good question um is there anyone that like inspires oh you God. on a day to day? I can't actually even think. I do you know what I'm just gonna go somebody absolutely crazy and say it would need to be like Mr. Olympia or something like that. Yeah. Just to see like what they actually do. Like whether they are actually what comes across. Pretty much, yeah. yeah just to see how much can I actually keep up with this, or is this just totally a different ballgame? 
<laughs> well, I'm sure you will be able to keep up. Okay, so moving on to why you became vegan. Am I right in saying it was 10 years ago? Yeah, it'll be 11 in, in May. That is Which is crazy. Mad. Yeah. It, it was mad to do it 10 years ago when the only ice cream you could get was like frozen bananas. You know, I used to stand there like... <laughs> what if you don't like bananas? Like, I know, I don't even like bananas. And oh, I used to freeze like 10 bananas and then like blend them all up uh... and make it ice cream. Um, and now obviously it's yeah you can get everything and anything you want you know it's it's totally so much easier but um why i became so i i was a really fussy eater you know you get those children that your parents take you to a restaurant yeah. and all you'll eat chips yeah that was me um <laughs> so you know through the years of being like a teenager i just stopped eating meat because i didn't like it i would be like forced to eat at least fish mm -hmm. you know because misconceptions they were just like you need to eat something um so kind of grew up vegetarian and then I think when I got to I must have been about 19 um that's when kind of social media was starting and you you know you, you watched YouTube videos yeah. and things like that um and I saw people being like plant-based and being vegan and I thought that's so much more the food that I like to eat mm. um and honestly it was as simple as that I just thought I'm just gonna I'm gonna give this a bash and then here we are it's just it's exactly just the way I like to like eat food can I ask, is it because of um, your physical health or is it for mor like moral reasons initially? It's been just for physical health, like just to like feel better because I felt like I, I got bloated quite a lot. I used to have kind of bad, like not bad skin, but you know, not the best skin when I was a teenager and things. Mm. Um, and I feel like when I changed my diet, those things went away. Um, and, you know, I just felt lighter and better. Um, and then over time, obviously, everything is encompassed into it yeah, when yeah, you yeah. research into it and things, yeah. So would you see, have you noticed any like particular changes mentally and physically apart from, you know, your skin? Is it easier to like monitor your weight or, you know, does it affect your training? How does it affect, be, like how does being vegan affect you on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, I think I've just been vegan so long now. It's just my normal. Normal, um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, just, I always just feel light, if that makes sense. Yeah. But, um, and with, with obviously the training that I do, well, maybe not so the past couple of months because I've just had a baby. Um, oh my but, God, congrats. <laughs> um, but, you know, the past couple of years, you just feel so strong, but so light at the same time. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it no, just, that does make sense. Yeah, just overall just feel, I don't know, just feel good. That's good. And what yeah. would you say, speaking of which, when you said before, when you first started being a vegan, it was, mm -hmm. there was nothing out there for you guys, like literally limited oh, so things on the shelves for being a vegan, apart from like leaves. So how has it changed over the years? Has the perception of veganism changed in every aspect or do you think there's still need work to be done? Oh, I think there's still work to be done, especially in the like the fitness space. See, when you you know go to the gym and you lift weights and you, yeah. you know, identify as someone who's like strong and fit and healthy, um, and then you tell people that you don't eat animal products, I think they just think, whoop, just right over, over She doesn't head. know what not she's so talking much. about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not so much um, maybe our generation, but I think the older generation, um, the question they always ask me is like, but where do you get protein? And I'm like, yeah. but where do you get your protein? People that don't, you know, necessarily train or even know anything about nutrition. That tends to be where the misconception comes from is people that actually just don't know anything. Um, <laughs> and so they're just curious. Not, no, not, in a, not in a mean way, but like they... They're just so curious because they don't have any information about it whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but obviously, in so many ways, it's gotten so much better. Like, you can go to most restaurants now and they'll actually have... A vegan menu. A, a vegan menu, not even one or two things, but, like, such... Like, a full menu, essentially, yeah. That is actually funny because a lot of people, I reckon old school, forgive me for saying this, I might get 
added for this. But, you know, protein equals chicken. So how do you get your protein and nutrients in on a vegan diet? Um, I mean, honestly, I just stick to to whole foods as much as possible. Like I am such a balanced eater, like dessert every day. And mm. I just, Same. Um, I'm always advocate that, that you don't have to go crazy with just eating salads and things. Mm. Um, but, um, you know, I like things like tofu, beans, and like just your standard Heinz baked beans, beans on toast. Oh, the best. You know, nothing overly it's, fancy. It's, it's, it's a classic. Just, you can't go wrong with classic. beans on toast. Yeah. Um, I do personally have protein powder once a day, like mm-hmm. in my coffee, um, just because that's convenient for me. And I don't like meat replacements. Mm. So, you know, you can get all your like fake meats and all this kind of stuff, which would just make it so much easier as well. If you're trying to A, be vegan or like hit your protein, you've got all these like soy based products. Um, again, I am that fussy person that just sticks to, you know, like tofu, tempeh, mm. beans, lentils, um, and then just like one protein, one protein shake a day. Um, and it's, it's so actually need, really isn't it? pretty yeah. easy, pretty straightforward, yeah. I think I've I've tried to, I do try and incorporate vegetarian meals into my diet where I can. And I do think there is a better option on the market these days for those meat replacements. Not into all those like chicken, this is chicken, but it's not chicken kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. But I do like the plant-based burgers and, you know, yeah. th- those things that you can get because they're actually really tasty. I do think the burgers are where they've like nailed it. Yeah. You know, is it beyond meat? Um, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I know a lot of restaurants use them. Um, so yeah, I think the burgers are where I completely like, agree. Really got it down, and that's where you would probably kind of find people probably swapping things out. Yeah, and you know what? Speaking of being light, that's how I would describe when I've had. So I love a burger, right? But I'm actively mm-hmm. trying to cut out red meat, not eating it okay. as much. So I will have a um, plant-based burger instead of the neat burgers mm. and after you have them you don't feel as like heavy or yeah or just like yeah. sluggish and like oh you know i enjoyed it but probably won't move now for an hour once you've eaten yeah. a vegan a vegan burger you do actually feel like you could carry on with your day rather than just being horizontal mm. so true yeah. yeah um i have to ask then seeing as you've recently given birth yeah. amazing girl or boy girl oh is it your first it is, yeah. Oh my God. What, a, what a whirlwind of a journey, by the way. Like, <laughs> I underestimated it. I thought after that, I was like, oh, six weeks later, we'll be back in the gym. We'll be this, that, and the next thing. No, that's not how it works. How has it affected your fitness then postpartum? Um, Honestly, well, I, I had to take three months off um, after having her, just complications, which... Oh, God, sorry to um, hear that. Uh, oh, no, it's okay. Um, but we took three months off. So honestly, it was just a case of your strength was down mm. um, and trying to just like... You know, it's, it's almost like being a beginner, but having the knowledge of what to do. Um, and it's just kind of, you know, you just feel a bit weaker because mm. obviously I've had so much time off, but I was really lucky to be able to train throughout my whole pregnancy, um, which I know a lot of people aren't. Um, so I pretty much trained exactly the same, ate for the most part the same. Um, so I feel like, you know, it took, a, it took a, maybe a, a good two months to get back into the swing of it. Um, but now I feel pretty normal. She's in it like five months now. Um, and yeah, so it, it does set, it doesn't set you back. It kind of just, you know, you, you're, you're humbled in your strength levels, you know. Um, but and no, do I feel, you think, I feel pretty back to normal now. do you think there's, you know, a lot of pressure on getting back into what you were like before you were pregnant? Like, is there that pressure from, so like society to just 
bounce back. That I hate that term. I see it everywhere. It's like you've yep. got to bounce back to your pre-pregnancy mm-hmm. body. Did you feel no, that I keep, pressure? I keep saying we're bouncing forward. We're not going back because <laughs> what are you going back to? Like that's gone. That's that's just in the past. Yeah, like, exactly. Um, and there's there's no reason why I can't go forward and be even better. Um, so I think I just changed my mindset and it was a case of obviously everybody wants to look and feel their best like yeah. you'd be lying if you said you didn't um, but I don't think I don't sit and compare old photos or anything like that which I thought I would I mm. thought I'd be like right okay I've, I've really got a specific goal here I want to get back to this but actually now it's right we did that last time what we're doing this time yeah like, to be better yeah um, yeah exactly so, you know so that's it's more of a um, it's not it's not I think there there is this external pressure, but you just don't let it. Yeah, you just have to try and just like block that out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's almost it's almost in a way like a bit of a clean slate because you're like, okay, what would I have I, I changed about not about yourself, exactly. but about the way you train? Like, I'm kind of doing the same. Like last year, I was I was doing loads of heavy heavier weights, and I was actually. I was really strong, but there were certain things about myself that I was like, oh, actually, I, I, I wish I hadn't have worked that bit so hard. And now I've I had surgery a few months ago. I didn't have a baby, you know. I don't think I'm strong enough to do that. But now it's given me a bit of a clean slate to kind of start fresh a little bit and be like, okay, what can I do from like like before, but better? You know, is there certain that's, things that I change? Ah, yeah, because uh, I keep saying it's a clean slate as well, and I kind of uh, I kick up the butt, I feel like, because I feel like you get a bit complacent sometimes, but I personally did. Mm. I feel like after years and years of doing the same thing, um, I wasn't, I was I was training well, and I was eating well, but I wasn't really quite pushing myself um, to, like, kind of the next level. Got a bit complacent, like now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm like, right, now we've had a re-reset, what can we actually do this time? Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like a clean slate, and a, right, okay, so that was then, but this is now. Yeah, That's and I bet you... Better your relationship with your body must just be you must be so proud of yourself i always say women are just absolute superheroes the fact that you can carry around a big heavy thing (laughs) as you can tell i'm not very maternal but it's just amazing how you can you know i wasn't maternal till five months ago don't worry really uh, honestly i was just i was i mean i've never like classed myself as maternal Mm. or anything like that but now i'm the complete opposite of what i not the complete opposite of what I expected, but it's just, it's bizarre. I'm just like, this child is not going anywhere without me. I'm not going Aww. anywhere without them. Like, it's just crazy. That's that's lovely though. And it, you, you know, you don't know until you've got it, I suppose. Exactly, you don't. So, yeah, some people, I've got friends that are like Mother Teresa and then I've got other friends who like mm-hmm. only actually realise that they loved their child once they had it. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's, that's you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So you often post pictures of yourself eating meals that may be considered unhealthy or cheap meals, which I love, by the way, because you're showing mm-hmm. like balance and stuff. Do you think it's important for people to see that as fitness influencers? I do. To show that there's, yeah. you know, it's not just about being healthy all the time. You need to live your life as well. What do you think? Yeah, and I think one of the, the main things that I remember somebody saying to me once that made me realise that actually you need to do share these things is, I think it was one of my sister's friends, um, says to me, she's like, oh, well, it's easier for you because you go to the gym four hours a day and just sit and eat salads. And you could because you work from home, and I remember thinking, No, I don't. Earth did you get that idea from? And she was like, Is that not what you do? And I was like, Why on earth would I do that? I says, No, I go to the gym for an hour, maybe four times a week, yeah, not four times a day, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and no, I eat well for the most part, but at the same time, like, I always eat balanced because. Well, A, I like to eat. B, it's a social thing as well. Like if you're going out with your friends, you don't want to be like panicking and thinking, oh my God, I can't eat this, I can't do that because 
you know, I want abs or something. Yeah. Like it's got to be balanced. And and that's the only way you can stick to it as well is, is when it's a lifestyle. Yeah. I think you know, I 100%. And I think it's about what I try and say is making mindful decisions. Like obviously if you're going out and you are going out with your mates, you want to be able to enjoy it. But, you know, it's just a, the overall perspective of eating healthily doesn't have, yeah. doesn't mean that you can't eat, as we've talked about, the burgers. But then, you know, mm-hmm. it's just making, not having a beer alongside it, having a glass of water instead, you know what I mean? Making, not doing it every single night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you think about it, say you have three meals a day over the course of a week, what, you know, it's like, what, 21 meals. If one of those or two of those isn't 100% healthy, like that's two of you know you still got 19 exactly exactly that have been like on point so it's 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 balanced and it's it's the only way that you're actually going to stick to it because like i personally love healthy food but not everybody does and if they're only eating food that's not their favorite food then they're just going to fall off exactly it's not sustainable 100 so i've seen actually this week a lot on social media that um people are now saying that it's not good for people to be sharing their what they eat in the day or diet and tips you know because it might Mm. have an effect on younger people what do you think do you think it's harmful for the younger generation to be seeing what I eat in the days from people like me and you no and I think it's because you need to not you don't you don't need to but I think you kind of it's not uh this is what I eat so you have to eat this to mm. look exactly the same it's a it's I, I think it's more educational on this is what a, a full day of eating can look like mm. this is what maybe a plate should look like you know with your your protein carbs and fats type of thing and it's more an idea of what what a full day can actually look like and it's in showing that you actually do eat real food yeah and a good amount of food and things and it's just it's it's recipe ideas it's kind of um an inspiration and things i think i don't think it's a it's not a copy and paste yeah it's exactly it's like this is what i do it's, it's, oh, it's just ideas yeah, yeah yeah i think um what i've what i used to get caught up on is making meals because they looked a certain way or, you know, because they mm. appeared a certain way. And I'd be like, what I eat in a day, but like I make this fancy meal and pretend that that's what I eat <laughs> in that day. And then I was like, actually, you know what? People don't want to see this. People want to see no. what I actually eat in a day, exactly. which is just easy, quick meals that they can also do too. Because people are like, how do you stay so motivated? How do you look like that? What do you eat mm. to, lo- to lose weight and all this? And I'm like, this is what I do. This is what I eat. It's all just normal stuff that you probably have in your cupboards. It's not all these exactly. fancy meals because you have to have a lot of time to do the fancy meals that you see all the yeah. time, don't you? I know. Uh, and you can you just make things so simple and easy. Like I would say, I don't ever make anything that takes longer than twenty minutes Same. because I can't be bothered. I know air fryer <laughs> for the win. Everything Wait. in the air fryer, and then yep. that's it. Bob's your uncle. That's it done. That's it done. And lastly, my love, why did you decide to launch a fitness app? Um. So I started um as a website years ago um and it was just it was popular people loved it but obviously websites were becoming a bit outdated um and it needed to be in an app because we're old now let's be honest i know because we're old and it's like you don't just go on your like laptop to watch a workout video anymore um so yeah i think it was, it was honestly just demand for it um posting your your stuff online there's only so much you can post online mm. um that you know that, that, that kind of makes sense for people to follow without giving them like here's an actual step by step yeah here's you know everything you're doing monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday or whatever um sometimes people just need information literally in their hand yeah it's true um so i thought well you know i can only do so much on social media so 
you know, and things obviously get lost in, on your posts. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Can't post a full workout regime on Instagram, and then you know, a week later, it's way down here, and people don't even know it's there. Yeah. So you put everything into one place, um, and the amount of fitness apps that I joined, that I would go on them, and there was a hundred things on on the home screen, and I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. So what's too much information? What's, yeah, there's too much going on. Yeah. So I made mine as plain and simple as can be it's here so we normally do seasonal challenges so it's like every four months every three months sorry so like a new year one then there'll be a spring one then mm-hmm. there's a summer one then there's a kind of autumn fall one mm. um, and it's just to keep people going so every 12 weeks or something new but it's here's what you're doing for 12 weeks here's yeah. your workout day by day here's the videos press start yeah. workout follow it there's your next day check it <laughs> yeah. off and, and it's just it's just there yeah um, i love it and all the recipes in it are plant-based high protein simple like so everything's just... plant-based i love that mm-hmm. yeah everything's plant-based as well because again that was something i couldn't find you'd find yeah that maybe had a vegan option mm. but it was like they would just take their non-vegan meal and just swap it out for like like the vegan chicken for example yeah and i'm like that's not what you want to eat <laughs> that's not not what we're after here we're after something or they would just you know i think when somebody is not vegan and they try to make um vegan recipes they kind of lack a wee bit of the the inspiration to make it yeah it's true i'm I'm one of those people yeah 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 Yeah. so honestly if you're you're wanting to like actually make proper like good food that's made of plants then follow someone that eats it yeah exactly Um, and because yeah because they eat it every single day um so yes i just wanted to make the app to make it convenient for people and also just to say right this is if you're vegan or plant-based or just want to have a meat-free monday or just incorporate things in then here's some simple recipes to do it and some good recipes to do it not just like a salad i don't think there's even one salad on the app are they all on your instagram as well easily findable Oh yes, uh-huh. amazing! I'm gonna have a look at those. Straight forward, thanks Straight so forward, much. Right in your face, click the button. That's you. <laughs> amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on here today. I think it is such a veganism is such a huge subject that's been talking about so much more these days, and I think it's mm-hmm. a, everybody should maybe just consider it as you said meat free monday or just once yeah. a week you know so um i love what you're doing and yeah thanks for joining us on the show today it's been a pleasure no, thank you very much for having me it was great yay see you soon thank you bye how gorgeous is she i think i'm definitely going to be going on her instagram very soon and checking out some vegan meals because i do want to eat more vegan stuff i love I love plants, but there is, as she said, like there's so much that you can do with them. But for someone that isn't educated around that, then maybe, you know, we need a little bit of help. So I'm definitely going to be checking out her page. Check out our Instagram to find out what a tongue is. Oy, oy. And after this break, we're going to be joined by the amazing nutritionist, Jenna Hope, who will be talking about intermittent fasting. See you then. FUBAR Radio presents The Dating Show. So we have got the incredible Sunita. How does Sunita whittle down the people she wants to talk to to the people she doesn't? What's your criteria? Well, you've got to be an adult. Um, <laughs> okay. That's always a good start. Always a good start. But when I'm an adult, not just like 18, you've got to be like not young enough to be my child. Um, <laughs> you have to ideally be London-based, because I am. Yeah. Although I don't mind if you've got a country pad, that would be nice. So at the minute we're going with age and location are important. Age and location are good. Every Friday from 6pm. FUBAR Radio. Hello again, guys. 
Joining me now for our Food for Thought segment is the wonderful Jenna Hope, nutritionist and brand consultant. And she's just brought out her new book, How to Stay Healthy, The Nutritionist's Guide to Optimising Your Immunity. I need one of these. Hello, Jenna. How are you? Hi, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How is the book launch going so far? It's going well. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's going well. I can't complain. It launched just before December. So we got Christmas push and now um, we've got January push as well. So Amazing. Time. And I think that's it's such a big thing these days, isn't it? Especially after the whole COVID times, our immunity is like our biggest weapon. So I can't wait to read it. Exactly. Yeah, thank you so much. No, exactly. I think that since COVID, people now really realise that they have an immune system and it's working every day. Yeah. Like beforehand, a couple of times a year, we might get the sniffles and we might think, oh, must take a little extra bit of vitamin C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's so much more to it. Exactly. And like, you know, even though people were wearing those masks and you still see that today on the tube and stuff like that. But I honestly, I'm the same as you. I'm like, you, you're, as I said, your strongest weapon is your immunity. And if you can do that through how you feed yourself and how you look after yourself, then that is going to be how strong you are. Exactly. Yeah. And I think one thing that people don't always think about is that your immune system is working 24 mm-hmm. seven when you're asleep, when you know, you and I sat here now having this conversation, when you're on the tube, wherever you are, <laughs> your immune system is working. And even though you don't necessarily always feel it because it's doing its job, essentially, yeah. um, you know, we have to look after it and we have to support it every day to, so that it can support us. What are your what would you say is the main thing to get your immune system like as as hard as it can be? If only there was one thing, I think really having a healthy, balanced diet, and Mm -hmm. it's so cliche, it's not sexy, but the truth is that if you can get a wide range of plant chemicals into your diet, lots of fiber um, and and, um, pre and probiotics in order to support the gut, because we know that the gut plays such an important role on your immune system and your immune health. Yeah. (laughs) Literally everything. um, That's really key as well. So... Yeah, I would say generally a healthy, balanced diet will tick off so many different aspects of, of immune health. It's, it's actually crazy. Literally every guest I have, have on says a healthy, balanced diet equals, you know, living forever, basically. So guys, yeah. if you can take anything away from this show, have a healthy, balanced diet. Okay, so moving on then. There seems to be loads on social media about the pros of intermittent fasting. Can you explain what it actually is? Sure. So there are a few different types of intermittent fasting now that people have adopted. Um, We've got the 5-2, which is essentially where you fast or you consume 500 calories a day um, for two days a week and then eat normally the rest of the time. You've got the 16-8, where you eat for eight hours a day, not consistently, but you eat within an (laughs) eight-hour window and then you fast for 16 hours. Um, And then you've got these more extreme fasts, so 24, 36 hours, which I don't know if people are aware of, that Rishi Sunak mentioned that he does. um, Crazy. On a Monday. Yeah, it's Every week. Every week. And um, he claims that it really helps him to be able to have some regiment within his diet and then he can indulge kind of the rest of the week. I would argue that that's not exactly a healthy relationship to food and that's not really a healthy approach to what we've just been saying a healthy balanced diet is. So um, there's there are a few ways of doing it. Um, People 
adopt them slightly differently and some people take it really far now i think that you need to think about why you're doing it um, and a lot of people do it because it's this health trend and they think that it's the answer to weight loss and that's really i hate to say it but the number one reason why people will engage in intermittent fasting mm. i have to admit i do tend to offer the option of intermittent fasting if people so for example on last week's show um, I said to one of the ladies who was talking about cravings and stuff, I'm like, if you find it hard to, you know, manage cravings, sometimes giving yourself a shorter window of time to eat, you know, intermittent fasting can help without adding in all like different, because we were talking about MCT oil or MTC or whatever it is, using like different things to try and combat hunger cravings and stuff is I do offer an intermittent fasting like technique as one of my ways to do it. What do you think about that? I think that there's definitely a place for stopping eating at a certain time. So absolutely with my clients, I will often encourage them after dinner, you know, eat before nine, after nine o'clock, for example, there's no need to continue eating. And we know that later on in the evening is when you're much more likely to crave higher sugar foods. So, and you're more likely to overeat and often it becomes habitual because, you know, you sit down in front of the TV. Yeah, it's like a boredom thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that there's, you know, a 12 hour fast overnight is actually a really good thing in order to allow the digestive system to rest, reset, and like you say, prevent some of those cravings and break some of those habits. Mm -hmm. However, what I think is really important for people to be aware of that if they're waking up in the morning and they like to eat breakfast and they find themselves hungry, if you're trying to override that hunger, um, you're going to find that you're hungrier much later on. You're more likely to have a disordered relationship with food because you're fighting those internal cues. So when you do get to the stage of eating, you're like, oh my God, I need to eat everything because now I'm allowed to eat. And it, con right. I think it contributes to a poor relationship with food. However, having said that, some people wake up in the morning and actually the last thing they want to do is eat breakfast because it makes them feel quite sick. And I don't know. Those people just doesn't, I, I need to eat first thing. I'm always absolutely marvelled when I wake up. <laughs> me too but there are definitely people that really don't have an appetite and I think if that's you then great intermittent fasting might work for you a couple of other things to be aware of is that it can also affect your social life as well and mm. I think that there's a massive aspect of our social life on affecting our health so I always say that you know health looks at our physical well-being our mental well-being but also our social well-being and if we're finding that actually we can't go out with friends or we can't attend that yeah. social event because yeah. it doesn't fit in with our eating schedule then that's going to have a negative impact on your health from a social aspect so you know it really is about finding out if it works for you a lot of the research suggests that it's more likely to be effective on men than women but we could argue is that because more research is conducted on men because yeah, it's probably. easier to research men Ugh. because <laughs> they don't have hormones involved and there's no menstrual yeah, cycle. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I really think that it's definitely something which you need to think about if it works for you. I'm definitely not a fan of these, you know, 24 hour, 36 hour fasts. I think that that can be dangerous and really contribute to, as I say, this really poor relationship with food and a disordered approach to eating. I agree. I, f I find it quite crazy the way they've told the media about Rishi Sunak's fast for 36 hours because it's going to probably impact what other people do because they'll be like well he's doing it so I'm going to try it as well but I can't imagine not eat eating for you know you said the 5-2 diet 500 calories a day <laughs> no 
I need 500 calories every few hours. Speaking of which, how how much time would you recommend for people to actually leave between meals? Like, does it make a difference? Is there an optimal number of hours you should leave between each meal or how long you should fast for? So again, it depends on the individual. Some people are grazers, in which case they might eat smaller meals and then have snacks in between. Whereas other people will have three main meals a day and they don't need anything else. Mm. So again, it really comes down to who you are. I know for me, I need to have regular snacks in order to manage my blood sugar levels and maintain my well-being and my productivity. Um, I find that if I go for long periods of time without eating, then you will you will see me very hangry. Yeah, um, I'm the same. So I think really there's no optimal time. Look, if you're someone who's kind of eating every hour, then that's something that you need to look at and maybe it's more habitual rather than actual hunger. But we need to learn to tune into our hunger cues. What tends to happen now is because we live in a society and an environment that tells us, right, it's lunchtime, we must eat lunch. It's snack time, we must eat snack. Other people in the office are getting out cake or getting out the biscuit tin. So therefore you feel like you you might as well join in because it's Mm. there. Really, if we can start to tap into our internal appetite cues and we can respond to that, that is the best way of eating. And we are all going to be so different. Is that called that looks like. intuitive eating? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's more, it's more intuitive and mindful eating. Um, intuitive eating is slightly different. It's also about what you're eating. Whereas my eating more mindfully essentially enables you to engage in the process more, identify how you feel before and after eating. You know, so many of us will sit there having lunch whilst we're doing our emails or scrolling through our phones. And I'm sure we're all guilty of it. I hold my hand up. I've definitely done that. And we find that we're much more likely to overeat and override those appetite signals when we do that. So really trying to stop, trying to take that break and say, right, now it's eating time. I'm going to focus. I don't need to think about what else is going on. Um, and, you know, it's so if you true. Can really tap into that. You're more likely to feel satiated at the end of it. Because I'll work and be eating my food at the same time. And then I look down and it's all gone. And I'm like, oh, like I didn't actually enjoy any of that because it, I was just I was focused on something else. So I'm going to start trying to do that, trying to actually just put my laptop away for a few minutes. Um, speaking of which, though, for somebody that lives lives a very active lifestyle, do you think intermittent fasting is an absolute no go? Then can it improve it in performance, or is it you know is it detrimental to performance? What would you say for someone that's like on the go all the time? So I think if you're on the go all the time um, and if you are working out a lot, I would argue that actually you need to eat more consistently. You need to be providing yourself with that nutri- that regular nutrition. And it's not all about calories. And I think often when we think about intermittent fasting, we're thinking about the sheer volume of food that we're eating. But really, we need to home in on the micronutrients. Yeah. And one of the issues that we have with intermittent fasting is people think that it doesn't matter what they eat as long as they're eating within their eating window Mm. and really that completely eliminates any focus on micronutrients which fuel your body Mm. enable you to carry out your day-to-day tasks enable your brain to function optimally but also if you are someone who's really active it micronutrients are vital for rest sorry rest recovery Mm. and repair so we can't necessarily just ignore everything else that you know, it doesn't matter because it all comes down to calories. It really is about focusing on what you're eating. And speaking of micronutrients, just to for some clarity for people, macros are like the the proteins, the carbs, the fats. Your micronutrients are what you get from your fibrous fruit and veg. You know, all those things, aren't they? Yeah, to make sure I'm right. 
Yeah, no, that's right. So your micronutrients will be your vitamins and your minerals. Yeah. And the macronutrients, because they're required in much larger amounts, people tend to focus on those. Yeah. But actually the micronutrients are just as important, even if they're required in slightly smaller amounts. And that's okay. why they're called micronutrients. I do tend to fill my plate up with micronutrients though. I have lo- like half my plate is fruit and veg and stuff because I feel like it also helps me cr- with hunger cravings the more veg I eat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, vegetables are a really good source of fiber as well. So that's going to help to keep you fuller for longer, help to stabilize your blood sugar levels, which can explain why it can help with some of those cravings too. Amazing. So as a nutritionist, what was one tip you wish you knew when you were younger? That is a great question. I think it would be that we need to look at our diet as a whole. Um, So often we look at our diet on a meal basis, a day basis, maybe a week. But really we need to focus on it over the course of the weeks, the months, the years, and say actually it's not just about the meal that we're eating right now, it's about what we're eating in total. So say for example, you're gonna have um, a chocolate bar as a snack. That's great, okay, no worries, that's fine. But then make sure that you build out those meals with plenty of fruits and vegetables, Mm. fiber, beans, pulses, good quality animal products. And you don't necessarily need to focus on, oh my God, I shouldn't be having this chocolate bar. That builds into a healthy balanced diet and a healthy approach to food and and nutrition in general. I love that. It's not just like, because people think if they eat a chocolate bar, then it's going to go straight to the hips. You know, what is it? A minute on the lips, lifetime on the hips, when actually it's not, that chocolate bar isn't going to change your life. It's about seeing overviewing everything the bigger picture basically love that thank you so much for joining us today Han I really hope that you're booked as well I would love one um, if you want to send me one in the post and we'll get one to you oh amazing thanks and the um, yeah and just good luck with everything that you do and I will speak to you again very soon thank you so much speak soon see you soon bye bye how interesting, guys. You know what? Admittedly, I used to do intermittent fasting all the time, but I mainly did it because it was it was the easiest way for me to kind of, you know, keep monitor of how much I do eat. Whereas now I feel like I have a better relationship with food and I do, as I said, like I was doing intermittent fasting when I'd be absolutely starving first thing in the morning. So <laughs> don't do that anymore. And I do graze as well throughout the day. But instead of having all the snack, like the bad snacks, I'll have loads of fruit and veg available and ready for me to pick at if I do get hungry because that's the thing having things there ready for you to go rather than picking up rubbish on the go is definitely one of my top tips for the day so right listening now listening now moving on to some listener questions it's time to talk to Ruth by the way guys if you want me to answer any of your questions make sure you drop a message to what the health show on Instagram and then we can get back to you So Ruth asks, I'm keen to get healthy this year, but I do not have enough money to pay for the gym and expensive gym gear. It's like an either or. Any tips on how I can effectively work out from home? So many, Ruth. So many of us work out from home. There's so much you can do. So first of all, there's the great outdoors. You have the option to walk as far as you want or to run as far as you want, which is an amazing way of getting your steps in. You don't have to go to the gym and walk on a treadmill. In fact, I find that so boring. I go out. My dog is the best walk dog in London because all I do is go and get my steps in walking him. So that is one way. It's absolutely cost you nothing and you don't even need to wear sports stuff. You can just put a trackie on or put your best dress on if you want. Just get out and get those steps in. And also there's a wealth of information on the internet YouTube is the biggest free way that you can access 
home workouts. I also have loads on my Instagram as well if you fancy tapping into one of those. But there is so much that you can do at home that isn't going to cost you anything. You can also go onto Amazon and get yourself get yourself some resistance bands, which are very cost effective. You can get a pack of three for like a tenner or something, and they're just going to last you forever. You can get different weights as well to them, so you can, if you are a beginner, you can start small and then you can get a bit heavier. And then you know, there's there's so many other things you can do. It's not just about like heavy training with resistance bands. There's all like core strength. You can do Pilates at home. You can do dance class at home as another way of cardio. You just need to basically use the internet to your advantage. Get yourself on YouTube or Instagram. There's so many workouts on there as well, not just mine. And basically just do your research because it's not all about paying for a hefty gym membership because a lot of the time they don't bloody work anyway because you might not go. So I hope that helps, Ruth. And please drop us another message if I can help you any more ways. And Mason now asks, I play football on the weekend, but but I really struggle to keep up for the full 90 minutes. Do you have any exercise recommendations for building stamina? So Mason, I have to ask, is it just the 90 minutes that you do a week? And between Saturday to Saturday, do you not do any other endurance training? Because that is what's going to help you increase your endurance in the long run i wouldn't suggest going for a run every single day but i definitely would incorporate some performance training into your week so whether that's adding in one long run during the week which is i mean i'm not i'm not a running professional although i'm trying to work on it myself so i'll get back to you on that but a long run i would imagine would be you know getting in the 90 minutes or 60 minutes at at a steady state and just trying to keep going the whole time and then you know you can kind of monitor your progress over the weeks and see oh i was able to run for 20 minutes long 20 minutes without stopping this time and then maybe the week after it was 22 minutes you know gradually building your endurance your lungs are the same as any other muscle in the body they need working out as well so just going every saturday and doing 90 minutes of pumping those lungs it's going to be like doing a heavy glute workout every every day and you're like oh my god i can't do this it you need to build it up over time and then i would also suggest doing some sprints as well so getting yourself to a hill doesn't have to be mount everest but you know going along the streets we find little hills all the time and if you just give yourself right okay i'm going to sprint to the top as fast as i can 10 times that is going to help you, your interval training, because then when you're playing football and you have to sprint after a, someone that you're defending, get the ball off them. It's that explosive power, that explosive energy. That's what those hill sprints are going to Im- improve you on. So one long run a week, hill sprints once a week, and then as you, over time, you can start to build them up a bit further. Hope that helps, my love. And Jeremy, we're moving on to you. You are also a runner, but have recently started lifting weights and you really like how your physique is looking. I want to get stronger and bigger, but also don't want to compromise on my running. Is there a way to do both? There is absolutely a way to do both. It's called hybrid training. You can do both, but of course, I would suggest spreading them out over the week. So you don't want to be going for a run the day after you do a heavy leg workout and you don't want to be going for a run the day before you're doing a heavy leg workout. So try and split them up over the week. If you're going to I'd do the long, you're running at the beginning of the week, wait a couple of days for your legs to release relief of that lactic acid and then a couple of days later, do your heavy strength workout and then a couple of days later, get back to your runs again. You have to spread them out in order to not be using, obviously when you're doing long runs for example you're using a different energy system than you're using when you're doing heavy weights or explosive training because they as i said they're using different energy systems so you don't want to be tapping into the same muscle groups 
every time all those same systems and like working those muscle fibers the short twitch is the explosive power and the fast the long twitch is the endurance ones you want to work them separately so give yourself a few days in between each session and you should be able to do both of course monitor yourself if you think that you either one of them is being affected then maybe you just need to lower one of those sides down stop running as much and incorporate a bit more strength or vice versa but there is a way to do both you just have to find a balance that works for you and on that note, guys, I've done a lot of talking today. I hope you understand my Scouse accent. When I get into it, I'm just blabber on. But um, it's been an absolutely amazing show today. Had some amazing guests. Make sure that you download the app and listen to each week and follow us on social media at What The Health Show on Instagram. And everything will be available for you to listen back to on all the good podcasting platforms. So thanks again. And I will see you again next week at 1pm on Fubar Radio for another jam-packed gem. Lots of love. Bye. <laughs>